the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, Episode 5. When you only had a small list of tasks, it was easy to make improvements. You took your productivity in this area seriously and you made some good changes and you expected to continue in the same vein indefinitely. However, as you move to the next level and the next and the next, it seemed harder to keep up the pace of improvements. In fact, it may have even felt like you were stalling compared to the early gains you had made. No, it was as if nothing is happening. Tune into this episode of the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast as we solve this challenging and difficult problem together. Welcome to the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast. And welcome back. And if this is the first time you're tuning into our podcast, you may come to see that this is quite different from the usual kind of chat or interview that you find on most podcasts. In fact, what we're here to do is to examine and solve a problem, first by laying it out in its glory, and then by seeking solutions. So let's kick off with a story. Tanya couldn't understand. Why was this so hard? She had attended a time management program about a year ago in which she learned all the basics of task management. Buoyed by her new learning, she implemented as much as she could and stunned the executives in her company with her newfound ability to manage multiple projects at once. It was as if she had discovered caffeine, the fountain of youth, and a cool fitness program all at once. But she knew the secret. All the mistakes she used to make seemed to disappear when she learned to focus for the first time on some fundamental practices. Now, she was up for promotion to the C-suite and she was engaged to be married in six months to a single father of a three-year-old. These were both events she had been hoping would happen for years, dreaming. But she felt wary. The last three promotions in the company had not gone well at all. In fact, one person had been demoted while the other two left. The word on the street was that they couldn't manage the workload. But could she? While people were amazed at the progress she had made, she knew the truth. Her gains from the recent past had now been consumed by additional tasks and commitments. In other words, she had as little free time as she had before she completed the training. And lately, there were some embarrassing missed deadlines, not her usual thing at all. Thinking that the original training was no longer working, She was hunting for a new class to take that could give her the new boost that she really wanted. Was she right to do so? She wondered. So, have you ever felt like Tanya? That you made some real initial huge gains in your task management once you had a sort of initial intervention and decided to make some changes. But 
lately, more recently, you haven't been growing as fast. And have you been trying to understand why that is? How maybe you could return to the feeling which was pretty thrilling of making improvements? How to get off of that plateau and to start seeing some improvements all over again? So let's define the problem as one as if you feel as if your task management has gotten stuck, has stopped improving. And it's something you don't want because if you're someone who's ambitious, someone who, who you see yourself like a Tanya, getting uh, promotions or your life will be moving forward in terms of your family or you becoming more, more fit or maybe you, you want to do marathons, but you have a, a sort of inner drive to keep growing, keep learning, and keep getting better. And to feel as if that has stopped is almost like, on a personal level, kind of feeling defeated, if you're all about growth. And in terms of a sort of a, how it looks to the outside world, how it shows up in the world, it could be that your career could also maybe be impacted. Well, how people typically face this problem is if they're like a Tanya and they learn system A when, and that helped them to make those initial improvements, simple, go find system B or C or D. And the, original, the, the, the underlying thought is that, well, what I learned in system A was flawed or wasn't correct or there was something wrong with it. And I need to go searching to find a replacement, another, another set of habits and practices and maybe some apps also that I could use to replace what I had learned because that is not giving me what I want any longer. And that thinking of replacing A with B persists because we don't really know in task management. It's not established how to continue to make improvements indefinitely. We don't know how to get past the original success to see sustained improvements. It's a bit of a mystery. And that's why lots of people end up with sort of chasing after beginner advice like Tanya. Almost being willing to go back to the beginning to find basic advice, find another guru, find a book, find a program, find a training that gives more intro level information and intro level suggestions and beginner or novice level teaching. But, but something maybe in your mind and in certainly in Tanya's case, she's feeling that there's something not quite right about the way she's going about this. Perhaps she's actually making a mistake and there's a better way to get to that next level, to jump off that plateau and to feel that thrill of learning all over again. And she wants to go back to feeling that, that inner confidence that she felt when she picked up program A and it worked so well. 
and she's not been feeling confident for a while. She's been feeling a sense of doubt and wondering if, you know, if she shouldn't be feeling doubt, she should just maybe trust A, trust system A to do what it said it was going to do, even though she doesn't have any evidence of that. Should she abandon A and find like a new belief in B, C, D? The uncertainty has, is costing her a feeling of confidence. And she's really unsure as to what to do to continue getting better. So how many of you have experienced, experienced that? If you're in front of me, I would probably ask you, how many of you had that initial improvement and it lasted for a while and then it stopped? It seemed not to continue. Well, let's flip over and to look to some possible solutions based on some of the, the understanding that we've gained here at Two Time Labs. So one important distinction is was introduced in the second episode uh, on time demands and the idea that tasks and the subset of, the ta of tasks which we take ownership of, which we call time demands, they're actually psychological objects and these have their own behavior. They're not like physical objects, digital objects. They behave in their own way. They're, they're totally different animals. We create them in our minds, hence the name psychological objects, and we act on them with different practices and apps and devices. And, and sometimes even other human beings can help us to manage them but they, they do have their own characteristics. As such, they don't, they don't work the way other objects work. And the way you improve the management of these psychological objects is a bit peculiar. What's the peculiarity? Well, the more tasks you're able to manage, the harder it is to find improvements. Let's call that, for sake of argument, the law of diminishing returns. So when you're managing a small number of tasks, there are lots of things that you could try and they would produce an improvement. Let's call that a bit of beginner's luck. Almost like anything you try when you're only managing a small number of tasks allows you to manage more tasks. And often that's related to the fact that in those early interventions, you're switching over from using a lot of memory to using a digital or physical um, devices. You could be using a planner or a paper pad or a, a, a calendar in your planner. Or if you're digital, you may be using a smartphone or, or a laptop or a desktop and you're using apps that reside in these, in these, in these um, digital environments. And the improvements that you made back when you had a small number of tasks were substantial and you could feel it. And it was noticeable to other people. The way Tanya's improvements are noticeable to the executives who she ultimately reports to. 
So these people who, you know, these leaders of her company have noticed that she could manage way more projects than she used to before. And she made the most of the learning that she had at that level. So now she's increased and maybe let's say she could, man she could manage 400 tasks now, whereas before she could only manage 50. And people are amazed. But as she looks forward to the future, she's worried. Because she's going to be taking on a job where she needs to, at least in her imagination, maybe in reality, manage 800. So we don't know the exact number, but it's going to increase. And she needs to make another jump. But however, lately, she's only been able to make really tiny jumps, if any at all. Matter of fact, she knows within herself that she's kind of running on fumes. She's running on the reputation that she gained from moving to from 50 to 400. But she's, she also knows that nothing much has happened recently that she's a, kind of hit the plateau. So how does she make the switch? Well, we actually call it the switch. And it's a movement away from the kind of learning that she did, which is based on what's called pedagogy, where she's seeking generic beginner advice to the point where she's using what's called andragogy or and hutagogy. Andragogy, pedagogy is a teaching of children, andragogy is a teaching of adults, but hutagogy is the teaching of oneself. Ultimately, that's where she needs to switch to. So instead of switching from guru A or system A to system B, C or D, and instead of seeking to replace practices in system A and apps in system A with practices and apps in B, C, or D. Where she needs to look is not outside herself, but within. So this is a complete switch from external advice to internal diagnosis and self-evaluation. So if you look at the experts, people who are top-notch in any field, and let's just pick sports. Serena Williams in tennis, Tom Brady in, in American football, and Lewis Hamilton in Formula One racing. They don't go around bookstores looking for elementary beginner texts, A to B to C to D. Someone else that they could follow, follow blindly. What, they're what they look for is the kind of self-understanding Understanding where they're strong or where they're weak. Where if they make small improvements, they could get big results. They're looking to improve the way they make their own improvements. Now, they're willing to take advice from coaches, from analyses done of their games, from statistics, analytics, because a lot of them rely on a lot of analytics in order to make improvements. So they have, they have not gurus, but they have uh, quantitative types who feed them back data based on their, what they've done in the last match. They use all these sources to 
decide which improvements to focus on. That's the switch that Tanya needs to make from seeking advice on the outside to finding a way to go inside. See, the early gains that she made came from being a good follower. She could follow someone else's advice. And she, she rode that improvement all the way from managing 50 tasks to 400. But maybe you're like Tanya. To make further improvements, it's not a matter of finding someone else to follow. It's no matter of becoming great at doing your own self-diagnosis. And the key to making improvements, in spite of the law of diminishing returns, which says basically you won't make the same level of improvements that you made before, but to make any improvements that are worth measuring, you need to take this inner journey. You need to find people, tools, mechanisms, supports, data, anything that can give you an insight into yourself so that you can then make the improvement. It's not just a matter of finding these things on it. No, this is ultimately, you're the one who decides. You're the one who uses your own intuition, your, your own thinking, your own um, rubrics, your own standards. You combine them all to decide where you're going to make the improvements next. And that's the change that Tanya needs to make. And maybe that's the change that you need to make to climb to the next level of improvement in your task management. So hang on for a few more seconds. We'll wrap this up in just a moment. Here's a clip from our next episode. It's a bit of information overload, don't you think? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, when you look at what she's accomplished so far, and she has had some success, as, as you've outlined, and she's gotten positive reinforcement that she's had that success, that's a motivating factor to say, hey, I can take on more, I can do more. But what she's not done so far, she hasn't defined the problem. From my upcoming episode with Art Gellowix. And if you want to leave a comment about this episode or any aspect of the work that we're doing here at the Task Management and Time Blocking Podcast, you can go over to www.replytofrancis.info and send me either a message uh, by text or send me a voice message, a voice note. And as you probably know, we have a couple of places that you can interact with other people, talk about this episode. One is at the community mightytaskers.scheduleu.org and you'll see the link in the show notes. And the other, of course, is our upcoming Task Management and Time Blocking Summit coming up in March. Two outstanding opportunities to interact with other people about the ideas that you've heard on this podcast or any of the other episodes that are coming up. And 
If you'd like to support the work we're doing, I invite you to click on the Patreon link below to make a donation. And please don't forget to like our show and recommend it to others on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or whatever past podcast app or service you're using. This is Francis Wade. I'm signing out. I hope to see you on a future episode. And until then, take care and all the best. See you later.